Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com. I'm give you a moment to take some time to, to quiet our hearts in silence and solitude as we prepare to hear from the Spirit. So if you bow your heads with me. And exhale. All the things weighing on your mind, your heart, the ruminating, automatic thoughts and emotions laid before the feet of Jesus. And inhale the transcending presence of God through all time. The promise that when we supplicate our sincere anxieties, that he would give us a transcendent peace. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Life Together, says, Christian community is not an idea we have to realize, but rather a reality created by God in Christ in which we may participate. The more clearly we learn to recognize that the ground and strength and the promise of our community is in Jesus Christ alone, the more calmly we will learn to think about our community and pray and hope for it. Because Christian community is founded solely on Jesus Christ. It is a spiritual, pneumatic, not emotional reality. In this respect, it differs absolutely from all other communities. The scriptures call pneumatic or spiritual, what is created only by the Holy Spirit who puts Jesus Christ into our hearts as Lord and Savior. All God's people pray. Amen. Welcome everyone joining us online and in person. Today I want to talk to you about what I learned about the sovereignty of God. Tell someone next to you, the sovereignty of God. And now let me just tell you, as a good Methodist, I don't like to err on sovereignty, like the Reformed folks, but it's in the Bible, so I have to teach it. But the mystery of the sovereignty of God and the imperishable seed, which the Bible says is in us, if he started this work, he'll finish it. But how I learned it is through 25 years of ministry from 18 to 43. First, I had lofty expectations about Christian community. Second, through reluctant leaders, I saw the power of Christian community and the sovereignty of God and the imperishable seed. And 
Lastly, through a silly example, Grimace's milkshake, his happy birthday meal recently. But I saw God's sovereignty and the imperishable seed and the best of what the local church and the spiritual community is called to do through those examples. So first, let's start with the lofty expectations. In Crazy Rich Asian, the movie, let's put that picture up there. In one of the opening scenes of introducing the character, Ronnie Chang, played by, who plays Eddie in Hong Kong, is an investment banker or hedge fund manager, one of those kinds. And he's taking, uh, he being photographed. His family is being photographed by a prolific, um, you know. And the, the person taking the picture says, you know, Eddie, if you just, we can take some candid shots if you just move around. And he goes, no. This way, you'll get the optimum angles. This is the best way to do it. And he's like, all right, then we're done. And then he goes, it's a privilege uh, to be you know, photographed by you. And he says, well, it's going to look great in the next Hong Kong, what, Vogue. And then Eddie is upset, and he yells at his wife, I knew your, 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 your dress was a disaster. Because if you wore something better, it would be on American Vogue. Tell someone next to you, it's all about expectations. If you thought your date was going to take you to a five-star restaurant and they take you to Burger King or Taco Bell, you're going to be disappointed. A lot about the spiritual life is about defining expectations. What your abstractions, the things, the idealized vision you have of the church and the, and the community you're embedded in. Whether you're new to the church or you've been here for decades, we all have expectations. And those expectations define your satisfaction in your Christian life. And a lot of people come to the church with unrealistic expectations. Why? Because they're not informed. The poverty of the heart shapes our vision of spiritual community rather than the wealth of the discipline of the book, the scriptures. We're sinners saved by grace, not saints saved by works. And so disappointment begins very early on. Think about a moment in your life about your experience with Christian community or spiritual community. How you've been hurt, wounded. How you've been disappointed by others. And then you realize a lot of times what we love about the church is our idea and not the church itself. That's really Bonhoeffer's whole idea of life together and why it's such a radical vision for us today. Today, I want us to see that if God's going to build his church, the Holy Spirit has to build it in us and through us. Tell someone next to you, in us and through us. So today, simply, what I want to do is show you what Christian community has been 
since the beginning, the formation of the early church. So our expectations could be aligned to the biblical reality rather than our own lofty expectations or our, our own abstractions of what it should be. Because when you keep shooting on people, it doesn't feel good. So let's go to the scriptures, and I want to show you two things. What Christian community always has been and how that reflects today. And that, how that can help us see and have hope for the sovereignty of God and the imperishable seed. So let's go to the text. And we'll come back to Bonhoeffer's quote. So we read this very long passage, but what we see here are the 12 disciples. And when you meet the disciples, the kids, you know, we named them after our kids today. The first thing we see that marks them is how obtuse they are, how dull they are, how slow they are. They're slow to learn and they're slow to trust. So tell someone next to you, slow. Tell someone you're slow. Because if you come to the church expecting everybody to be fast, you know, quickly to respond to you, quickly to help you, quick, then you're going to be disappointed. Because one of the characteristics of the disciples, the founders, the, the very rock, and Jesus plays a pun here in this text. He's not talking about rock just in a good way. The density of the disciples. They're marked by slow to learn, slow to trust. They're slow in every way. And in verse 6, when they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. They were forgetful. They didn't bring a lunch. That was their job. Right? And Jesus said, be on your guard against the east of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they, in verse 7, they discussed this among themselves. and said, it is because we didn't bring any bread. And look at Jesus. Jesus, aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, you of little faith, why are you talking among yourself about having no bread. Do you still not understand? Tell someone next to you. Do you still not understand? Do you still not understand? Do you, don't you remember five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many baskets you gathered? How is it you don't understand that I was talking to you about? Not talking to you about bread. So in one sense, what marks the disciples from the very beginning, and they were in the, the closest proximity to Jesus. I mean, if, if you had a mentor, the best mentor you could have spiritually, it's Jesus. Some people say, I'm a pretty good spiritual mentor. But Jesus is better, right? I mean, that was a joke, by the way. Okay. But <laughs> if you didn't catch it, see, you're, we're all slow. If Jesus is your mentor and you're dense and slow to learn, then the church itself is going to be slow. Slow to trust, slow to learn, slow to understand. That's what marks them. But that's not the only thing that marks them. If you just go right after they were slow to trust, slow to learn, you see right in the same text, the same passage, 
They were fast to learn, too. There was a flash of brilliance. Let's move down. It says that from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders. Right? And before Jesus rebukes Peter for all this, Jesus praises Peter. He's the one that says, you're the Messiah. And Peter quickly gets the revelation. And he's praised by Jesus. And then you see this flash of brilliance. So this Christian community has always been dichotomous, has always been a duality. There's always been a tension of good and bad, slow and fast, brilliance and dullness. That's what we should expect. We should expect not utopia, but reality. If we're informed by the scriptures of what to expect, what we should expect, then our disappointment will be diminished. And we can actually be shaped by reality, the people in front of us rather than the abstraction. Not the substrate, not just the ideas, but who we are in the flesh. So, for example, let's put the pictures up here. So there, here is Andrew Rowe, I want to feature today. This is when he had no kids and he was young. <laughs> he looks like he could do anything. He's free. <laughs> and that's Josh, of course. Yeah. And here's Debbie with Cindy and, and, and Wendy. I mean... Roe, the irony of what Roe does for 180 is quite interesting because when he first came, before he came to Christ, who, who you know, who, he just had a second child. Let's give him a hand. Benny, but uh, pray for them. It's not easy, you know. They told me they haven't slept at all. I feel for them. I do not want to go back to that, I, even though I love my kids, but I wouldn't do it again. Maybe by the grace of God. But Andrew came to Christ, and his role for 180 is he does, he does the finances. And he's really frugal with the finances. He's the ones that give the donation letters. He's basically the one that does it. But before he came to Christ, in small group, someone said, he goes, you know, it, it was the, the twilight of the recession, the greatest depression since 1929. He got one offer from J.P. Morgan in Ohio. He wanted to stay in New York, and he had $50 left in savings. And God told him, you need to give that $50. And Rose said, no way. I'm going to keep this $50, something I can see. I can't trust God with this. He was slow to learn, slow to trust and there was a, a member in our church back then called Eddie Wush. And he said, yo, man, $50? Don't make it easy for Satan, at least a million. <laughs> He's like, $50? <laughs> he goes, that's ridiculous. He goes, I, I wouldn't even do that. A billion or a million, I understand, but $50? And he was, he was Rose, struggling with $50. Uh, issue of salvation. He goes, no, I can't trust God with that. And ironically, he was slow to learn, slow to trust God with finances. Now he does the finances for God. 
So everybody's on a spectrum when they come to the church, right? You, you, you start slow. No one starts fast. You're slow to trust. You're slow to learn. And then God works in your life, works through you and in you. But first, God had to work in him, and th- now he works through him. Debbie's one of our rising stars in hospitality. She makes vegetables better than meat. <laughs> you taste her vegetables? I, wouldn't, I would never dare to say this. But if Debbie was cooking for me, I would, eat, I would be vegan. Now, that's a stretch. But, I mean, in, in our rising stars, our hospitality team, they are rock stars of one name. They do everything. Give them a hand. Yeah, they're the Wendy and Helen, Tuna. And, you know, I mean, but it's ironic because Debbie, who adds so much value to, to the hospitality and the community of our church, were, was in and out at 180 for over a decade because she questioned her own value to community and what community meant to her. She was slow to trust, slow to learn, back and forth. But now she welcomes others through a scone in the morning sometimes, through some vegetables sometimes. I mean, hey, if you can make vegetables better than me, that's a miracle. That's like feeding the 5,000. Really. That's, that's what God does. And I see the examples of just reluctant leaders who lead at 180, and they weren't always put together. They struggled a lot. Where you have Roe struggling with $50. Now, budgeting hundreds of thousands and counting them. Or Debbie, who struggled with community herself, where her home was, to find and realize eventually, this is my home. These are the people I want to serve. So the first lesson we learn about the biblical vision of Christian community is this. The first lesson, what do we learn? Read it with me. What is it? It's marked by what? It's dichotomous. Both with both rough and bright spots. One second, you're dull and slow. The next second, flash of brilliance. Human. One second, you trust with everything. Next second, you're doubting with everything. One second you're lifting your hands, next second you're clenching your fist. God, why'd you do this? We see the Christian community, the very beginning of early believers, marked by really humanity, and they did not hide that they struggled, they doubted, and they were slow to learn, but eventually they did learn. Let's put that quote up here. Um, by Dietrich, he says, innumerable times, a whole Christian community has broken down because it sprung from a wish dream. Paul, don't cry, okay? I'm going to read it very rough here, okay? Okay. You know, you know Paul and, and Dietrich, they have a love relationship, a spiritual, <laughs> pneumatic relationship, correlation. Um, Every human wish dream that is injected into Christian community is a hindrance to genuine community and must be banished. 
if genu genuine community is to survive. He who loves his dream of, of community more than the Christian community itself becomes a destroyer of the latter. Even though his personal intentions may ever be so honest and earnest and sacrificial. You see, you come with your utopian vision, your abstraction, and you give everything you got. And it was rooted in an abstraction and not rooted in Scripture. It was rooted even from a sincere place, and you were wounded. And you were hurt by the community. And you realize that you're not meeting Jesus in the church through the community. And that's our aim. That's what we want to achieve. But it's a process. Right? Christian community biblically is found through Christ in Christ. That's the only reason why we forgive one another, understand either love each other. Because what's our relationship with Christ? He redeemed us. He saved us from sin. Why do we expect our brothers and sisters not to sin against us? To be slow to understand. Slow to trust. Sometimes dull. And you're talking to them, sometimes just obtuse. They don't get it. Well, the disciples were just like that. So the call of the gospel then in Christian community is for us to love. Look at the person next to you. This person right here, as is. You know when they, on Facebook Marketplace, they said as is? <laughs> or a car that says as is, no take backs? It's not your idea or my idea of what this person should act like or be, but as is. The cross died for us as is. Redeeming us as is. Transforming us as is. Meeting us as is. Because if we don't, then we're not dealing with reality. Untethered from reality. And the Bible is so powerful because it deals not with abstractions, not with utopia, but deals us where we are. That's why it's powerful. That's why it's practical. That's why it's powerful. Amen? So first thing, the church, there's, you see a duality from the very beginning. Bright spots and rough spots. Second, Let's move down. Jesus replied, Bless you are. Bless are you. Well, that's like Yoda. Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by, by my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter Petrus. On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Amen? The gates of hell will not overcome it. I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now this is curious. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Why? Because in the beginning of Jesus' ministry, his miracles and power 
was causing a stir. They wanted to force for him to be king through violence to carry him and dethrone Herod. Jesus wanted to suffer the cross and obey his Father so he can save all mankind through the greatest path of resistance, not the easiest. But think about it. Right before his greatest collapse, his seduction of choosing the easiest path, before Jesus rebukes him a second later, he praises him. But Jesus says, no matter, no matter your blunder, no matter your failure, no matter your behavior, no matter how epically you fall, the gates of hell will not prevail against this community. Amen? Evocable, imperishable. The Bible tells us that when you have the seed of God in you, when you belong to Him in the mystery of the sovereignty of God, Ephesians 1, you were chosen before the foundations of the world, before you even chose Him. The sovereignty, in His sovereignty, He chose you. And if you belong to Him, He'll never let you go. The work He started in you, He will finish, the Bible says. But, 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 tell someone next to you, but... It doesn't look like that sometimes. How many people here have been discouraged by a Christian community? Raise your hand if you've been discouraged by a Christian community. Raise two hands if you've been really discouraged. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it feels like the church will be wiped out. Sometimes it looks like it's not going to make it. Some people are not going to come to faith. Some people are going to lose faith. Just looks bleak. I've done ministry for 25 years. And this is what Dietrich says to pastors. When pastors lose faith in Christian community, and let me just tell you, a lot of pastors do. Because we see everything. You don't think I'm not paying attention, but I am. No, I'm not kidding. But... When pastors lose faith in Christian community, because a lot of times you pastor people for a long period of time, you see why you have to be saved by grace. <laughs> but even pastors, even spiritual leaders have to examine what they're really looking at, what they're really disappointed by. When pastors lose faith in Christian community in which they have been placed and begin to make accusation against it. Oh, and I've done this a lot of times. They had better examine themselves first to see whether their, the underlying problem is not their own idealized image, which should be shattered by God. So sometimes... I think you should act this way, but you don't. And I get upset. But it collides with the idea of as is. And let me just tell you, when I was younger, 25 years ago, 
there's a, there's a part of me that wish I could have that feeling back that God could do anything. God could change anyone. Now I'm just like, ah. Yeah, he could, but he, but he probably won't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, God can, God can do anything. God can change anyone. People will, you know, there will be a revival in the land. Let me just tell you right now, after 25 years of ministry, when people talk about a revival, you're like, this <laughs> revival. We're just trying to get people to tithe, bro. <laughs> I mean, if you think revival is like people lifting their hands and dancing and stuff, well, that's nice. But you probably go broke. I'm telling you, pastors are losing faith because their vision is they thought it should be this and why God shatters it. Sometimes when you look at the church, what's going on in the media with all the empires, Christian empires falling, Christian celebrities falling, sometimes we miss that God is building his church. Sometimes Christ tears down. You go, but it's growing, it's growing. This movement is growing. Weeds grow too. Weeds grow really fast to kill. And, and sometimes I myself come to the Word of God and have to believe in the sovereignty. Trust, take my hands off it, because sometimes I think it's the talent, it's the effort. It's my prayer, it's my intercession that's going to change the church or the world. But it's not. It's Jesus that builds the church, tears it down and builds it up. Without me or without you, he will do it because the promise is the gates of hell, no matter how bleak it seems, will build the church. Amen? Recently, I was at a dinner party, like kind of like a snooty dinner party, where everybody's rich, like really rich, you know, like if you had $5 million, you'd be poor, so I was poor there, okay, and um, they were talking about private school, Ivy League education, investments, and all that, and um, one person said, yeah, I mean, you know, they're talking about we all relate when we have kids and how we want our kids to flourish. And he was talking, he, he, you know, he had such a, he, he was in his 60s and he had such a cynical voice about community and what's perfunctory and what's real and what's heartfelt. And he goes, you know, he goes, you know, the truth is we, ca- we don't care about other people's kids. Like, when I, when I go to school and people tell me about their kids and how they're doing this and that, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm smiling, but I don't really care. I had a real cynical vision about what, how people really are inside. If people are capable or have the capacity to care for one another. And he goes, really, human beings are just animals. From an evolutionary framework, we care about our own. We don't care about others. It's an anti-gospel message. And it, you know, it sort of seeped in through me, through my own experiences of being disappointed in Christian community, even though so much fruit around me, right? 
Do people really care? That's the demonic voice, the gates of hell says. Can people really change? Do people really change? Which correlates to the grimace milkshake and happy birthday meal that my son was looking for one weekend. He goes, Dad, can we really get the grimace birthday meal one weekend? I said, of course. But we forgot on Saturday. And he said, Dad, I really want to get the grimace meal Sunday. And you have to keep your promise because it's the Lord's day. He said, I'm going to keep your promise. And Josh was really good. He said no to all lunch. And he loves food. He, he watches those mukbangs. You know, and he's just always talk, thinking about food, talking about food. He goes, no. And he told everybody, no, I'm going to get the grimace. Birthday meal. And that day we went to different places, you know, with uh, X and Sarah and, and Esther and Rob. They, I mean, Rob is always trying to get me fat. He takes me to three different places, even Tongshur too. They all try to get me to eat pizza, pasta, and deli sandwiches on the same day. I have to rebuke them in Jesus' name sometimes. And Josh, Josh is with us before we go home, and he's rebuking all of them. He goes, I have to get the Grimace birthday meal. And he doesn't eat a thing. So we go to McDonald's to get it. And they said, sorry, it's sold out. And you have to see the disappointment in Josh's face. <laughs> We're in McDonald's parking lot, and he's about to do machine gun tears. I mean, like crocodile. I mean, he's really disappointed. My heart breaks, but I move on. You know, like, whatever, man. I mean, it's not there. What are you going to do? You know, you're, you're heartbroken. You can't get everything you want. We're going home, and we're, now we're getting texts from separately, not in the same chat, different chat, from Rob and Esther and Sarah and X. Hey, we're calling around Brooklyn, everywhere. We called five, six places. They didn't have it. It surprised me, in spite of the conversation I had that week, that two other couples, something silly. I mean, will Josh die if he doesn't get the shake? It's a purple shake. Come on. What's the big deal? It's just silly. The fact that they went the extra mile without being asked. And then X and Sarah text me like, Sarah was like, we found it on Uber Eats. Here, look at this link. Sent us the link. It's like $40 because you have to pay $90 for fees to get something from Uber Eats, right? I mean, for, he goes, it's going to your house when you get there. And Josh brightens up because when he goes home, he's going to have his grimace birthday meal. But Uber Eats then says, sorry, we don't have it. Sarah says, so sorry. We tried to look for a couple other places. Sometimes you don't get what you want. But that's okay. Because for Josh, what he learned about the church is that the gates of hell won't prevail against the church because when 
Christ works in you and through you. Your love, his love will flow out of you. Something silly as a grimace milkshake, grimace propaganda, told a child disappointed that the church got your back, that they love you enough to go out of their way to try to give you what you want. And you know what? That's better than any nuggets or Big Mac. It's a golden nugget. It's better than gold. Because when Christ works in you and through you, and that love of God, it melts the hearts of people and their cynicism, and it reminded me, wow, if we can love that way, even though it's silly, even though it wasn't coerced, it, was, it, was, it wasn't, we didn't ask for it. When we love that way, it changes the world. It can. Because for Josh, his imprint of the church will be, people really love me. And you know what? That was better than all those calories. And that's how I saw the sovereignty of God. The mystery of the sovereignty of God and the imperishable seed when Christ works in us and through us. It changes everything. So second lesson we learn is what? Read it with me. What is it? Irrevocable. Regardless of blunders or hiccups. Doesn't matter how many times you fall. You know you fall 70 times. The Bible tells us the righteous man, righteous woman gets up. If the seed of God is in you, if Christ, if you are surrendered for Christ to work in you and through you, then the work he started in you, he will finish. Amen? And Christ will build his church. I want to end today with this. It is not we who build. Christ builds the church. Whoever is mindful to build the church is surely well on the way to destroying it. For he will build a temple to idols without wishing or knowing it. We must confess he builds. We must proclaim he builds. We must pray to him and he will build. We do not know his plan. We cannot see whether he's building or pulling down. It may be the times which by human standards or the times of collapse, for him the great times of construction. It is a great comfort which Jesus gives to his church. You confess, preach, Bear witness to me, and I alone will build wherever it pleases me. Do not meddle in what is not your providence. Do what is given to you, and do it well. And you will have done enough. Live together in forgiveness of your sins. Forgive each other every day from the bottom of your hearts. Let's stand and pray together.
Christian community is found in Jesus Christ or through Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ. Today, I pray that we would find confidence and hope in Christ in us. Not I, but Christ. That the work He started in us, in you and me, He will finish. The mystery of the sovereignty of God and the imperishable seed is that if you belong to Christ, if you've surrendered to Christ, He is strong enough. Your calling, your destination is irrevocable. So you lift your hands with me today and receive this gift of assurance of hope. Whatever you might be in your life, today, whatever struggles or toils or trials may, you might face, whatever wound you received in your life, Christ pulls down and Christ builds. He is the architect of the church. Not I, not us, but He. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. No matter how much Satan schemes, no matter how much we blunder, the seed is imperishable. You've been chosen before the foundations of the world. And his work will prevail. Let's make this our prayer. Day 
Living water satisfy the thirsty without price will take of Gumness yet on glory be to Christ. All glory be to Christ the King. All glory be to Christ. His rule and reign will ever sing. So, Father, we come before you this afternoon. We want to pray that we trust the eternal promise that you will build your church, even though there isn't a church in Ephesus that Paul built. There are other churches around Ephesus that you built because Paul didn't build the church. It was Jesus that built the church and still building the church. The church John built in Asia Minor, no longer are there because John the Apostle didn't build the church. It was Jesus that builds his church. Some churches will die and live. Some churches will thrive. Some churches will close. But folks, our faith is not contingent upon our brothers and sisters and their behavior or their highlights or their bloopers. Our focus must be Jesus who builds his church and promised to do so. And Father, we pray today as we close, our, I pray that our confidence would not be in the talent of others or the logic of man, but our confidence, our ultimate confidence would be the one that chose us before the foundations of the world. We would look to him. We would pray that he moves. We would pray that he blesses and we pray that he'll lead. Will you bow your heads today for the benediction? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. All God's people pray. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Well, my name is Grace and I'm a member here at 180 Church and I'll be sharing some community news with you. So first off, um, we'll talk about tithes and offering. So if you're a member at 180 Church, we ask that you continue to keep God at the center of your finances and to tithe faithfully. You can send your offerings via Venmo, Zelle, Chase QuickPay, or PayPal. Uh, if you're a visitor here today, we're so happy you're here um, and there's no financial obligation to give. But if you'd like to make a donation, you can do so with the methods just mentioned. Next. Um, we have all the ways we can connect with God and others in the community throughout the week. 
Uh, we have our Bible reading group on Instagram at 180BRG, where you can join us anytime to read the Bible. We also have a number of other platforms, such as our church's uh, Facebook page, Dr. Sammy's Twitter page, um, our YouTube page, where um, a lot of you guys are watching this. So um, every week we have the service live stream through um, YouTube on at 180 Church NYC. So you can check that out or invite other people to watch along. Okay, another way for us to stay connected with each other during the week is to join the small group. Uh, small groups are a great place to connect with others and go deeper into the message. We have various groups for different stages, so please see the screen. Um, so they meet throughout the week on different days, some on Zoom and some in person. So if you're curious about it, you can ask any of the greeters. Okay, in addition to social media platforms and small groups helping us stay connected with each other, we also have books that can help us stay connected with God throughout the week. So you can purchase the following resources for yourself or your loved ones at the 180 Cafe outside. And these include books for devotionals and also we have Dr. Sammy's new book, Holy Haunting, which could be a good resource, great, great tool and resource to share God's heart with those who don't know him yet. Uh, we also have two more books right now because of our current series, uh, Victory Over the Darkness and Spiritual Direction. So I recommend that you guys also check that out. And while you're at 180 Cafe checking out the books, you can also check out some cool 180 merch. Um, it's, I think the AC might be working. If it's cold, you guys can always grab a sweater. And it's also rainy, so you might want a hoodie um, or hat. So you guys can check that out uh, when you guys are at the cafe. All the purchases mentioned so far are based on an honor system. So you can pick up your item or items and pay through the methods you saw on one of the slides before. Uh, next, we have prayer hotline. Um, prayer is powerful, and the Bible mentions many times that when we pray, God hears our prayer. So if you or anyone in your life needs prayer, gather those people who can pray with or for you. You can share, prayer, share your prayer request by emailing prayer at 180church.tv. Um, and everything you share will be confidential, and there will be a team praying for you on the other end. So Pastor Lydia recorded a beautiful piano instrumental with some worship songs and it's now available on 180 Church Studio. So you can check that out um, through iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. This would be another great resource for us as we stay connected with God throughout our day and week. Okay, so next week we have our next day in the sun. Um, so please don't come here. Um, go to the Great Hill at Central Park instead, um, and we'll worship together outdoor. Uh, it's our first potluck since 2019, so please get excited. Bring your food, ready to share the food. Um, let's pray for awesome weather, and please also prayerfully consider inviting your friends and families who need Jesus as much as we do. Uh, and here are the other dates for the upcoming Days in the Sun, so make sure to save them on your calendar. And if you haven't already, we're collecting a one-time donation of $100 to cover all the Days in the Sun events. Okay, next we have 180 Retreat coming up. Um, 
And please also mark your calendar with the dates. It will be on the Labor Day weekend, September 2nd to 4th. So that's um, Saturday to Monday. The RSVP link has been sent uh, out already via email. So please RSVP if you haven't. The deadline, I believe, is July 31st. Okay. Finally, okay. for those of you with the heart to serve, uh, here are a few options for you. So we have 180 cafe slash bookstore slash merch store. Um, you can help us wake each other up with a cup of coffee, tea, drink, as well as some books. Well, I guess that won't wake you up, but anyways. <laughs> um, children's ministry, we always need uh, more help to um, help our littlest members learn about God's love for them. For techies, um, please come and help us build amazing things online. And greeters, if you know how to say hello, uh, please come help us say hello to the people who are coming in. Okay, so those are all of our announcements for today.